Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think about it for a minute, and you know you've heard this for a long, long time. Our population's getting older. It's going to be this kind of a pressure on the healthcare system and on, you know, old age pensions, all of it. We've been told for a long time that baby boomers are dominating and getting older and older and older, and we need to prepare for it. But after all that time of talking about our aging population, it appears that maybe we've arrived at that point where we've been warned about for so long. And um, our next guest says all those warnings and predictions are no longer on the way. They are here, and they're going to keep coming for a while, and it's really going to have an impact on the way governments handle things, because uh, they're going to have to. So to chat about that with us, we have Jack Mintz joining us. Jack is the President's Fellow of the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Jack, thanks for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, quite happy to do it. Thanks. So we've talked about these aging populations for quite some time now, and, and now we're starting to see it, right? It makes sense. Well, it's arrived, and in fact, you can see it from the data. Um, I went through the United Nations population uh, uh, predict, um, uh, forecasts uh, for the world, <laughs> not just for Canada. Okay. Uh, and uh, when you look at it, uh, high-income countries are already going through a rapid pace of aging uh, between 2020 and 2035. Just to give you a, num- a couple of numbers, uh, in 2020, about... Uh, the, the number of people who are over uh, 65 years of age um, were about 25% of the number of, of working age people, which is 15 to 64 years of age. That number is in just 15 years, uh, going to 2035, is rising to 40%. Wow. Uh, you know, that's a huge increase. And, uh, and that's because we are aging very quickly. And when I looked at Statistics Canada's numbers uh, for 2022, it's very interesting that the uh, number of people who have retired each month has been over 200,000 uh, just for uh, 20 so far in 2022. And, uh, you know, that, that can add up to, uh, you know, almost uh, two and a half million people this, this year who are going to be retiring from the workforce. So, uh, you know, if we're, we're going to be in a period of constant labor shortages, I wouldn't call it necessarily labor shortages. Uh, yeah. Wages will go up. Uh, but uh, certainly with tighter labor markets than uh, we've seen, and this is true not just for us, it's true for uh, all the high-income countries, uh, as well as many middle-income countries, uh, such as China and Brazil. And, okay, so when you break it down, what you got, when you've got all this retiring population, basically what you have, I mean, just in cold, hard facts, you're, you're talking about dependence, and then you're talking about the workforce, and we are creating more dependents and uh, fewer members of the workforce, right? That's the imbalance that's being created. Uh, yes, that's right. In fact, the only part of the world where the age dependency ratio, which is usually measured by both young and old as a share of the working population, uh, that it's going to fall is the very least developed countries of the world. Okay. Uh, and uh, these are the poorest ones, you know, you know, that you typically find in, you know, such as in Africa and in uh, and in uh, some Middle East and, and Asian countries, and and they will be having 
you know, they will be bringing more labor to the international market, but of course it's not going to be as much skilled labor as you would find uh, in the high-income countries where it's, where it's going to be dropping quite uh, precipitously. Is this sort of a reversal in what we've seen for, you know, well, we're talking about baby boomers, so you go back to the end of the war and we've steadily, slowly but surely increased the workforce. We've had more women in the workforce, we've had more, you know, baby boomers, obviously, entering the workforce. So we've been building a workforce and now suddenly it's starting to go the other way. Exactly. And in fact, uh, there was another factor besides uh, women joining the workforce and the baby boomers going through the system. And that is uh, because of increased trade, uh, we've had some very large countries like China that opened up to the rest of the world, bringing their whole labor supply to the rest of the world. Yeah. And and so that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's not going to happen anymore. And so, uh, as I mentioned, there's only least developed countries that are going to be able to provide new labor supply. Uh, basically, most of uh, but even, even that is going to be swamped by the uh, aging that's going to be uh, going on in the rest of the world. And, uh, and in fact, when you actually look at the total world, uh, the whole world is aging, not as rapidly as high-income countries, but but it is aging. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So what does that mean for the people who will be developing public policy for the next, you know, couple of decades here as this transition happens? I mean, that's going to be a massive factor on all kinds. I mean, healthcare and old age, all of these things are going to be changing drastically. Well, there's, you know, there's several things to it. Uh, number one is uh, some people... Uh, you know, may decide to work longer because they're healthier, uh, especially in the high-income countries. On the other hand, you know, we have a lot of public policies that are based on people retiring at 65 years yeah. of age, and in fact, it takes away uh, the incentive to work work longer. And in fact, it has many economic studies have shown that the retirement age is is heavily influenced by our pension policies and, and things like that. So I think governments are going to have to rethink some of that. Uh, we were starting to do that in Canada with the Harper government. Uh, changing the age of eligibility for old age security and the guaranteed income supplement from 65 to 67. Uh, but that was reduced by uh, by the, the Liberal government uh, in uh, 2015, which I think was a huge mistake, uh, because if anything, we should be going the other way uh, in terms of, uh, you know, encouraging people to work longer. Yeah, and other countries are, right? Yes, they are. In fact, many countries uh, have been doing, in fact, quite interestingly, Netherlands, for example, uh, automatically index uh, the age of eligibility to uh, the expected life of people. And so they automa- it automatically goes up uh, if uh, expected life increases. And so, uh, in fact, many countries have been moving to 67. Even some have gone even longer, such as 
Japan. Um, so we are, you know, uh, that's one one set of policies. The other thing is, that, you know, we can encourage uh, more uh, people to work in the workforce rather than stay at home. Uh, be and that's going to be uh, that's going to require rethinking some of our welfare policies, where we do give quite large amounts of money if uh, if they don't if people don't work in in some cases and uh, and we also have very high marginal tax rates on those people that do come into the workforce because they lose their income tested benefits and so that that is also another policy set of policies that we're going to have to think about uh, in terms of encouraging more participation in the workforce. Right. Yeah. I mean, so on that side of the put up some barriers to retirement, if you will. What about making uh, some kind of effort to get more people into the workforce? Is there a way to do that? I guess immigration and, and increased productivity would be the only levers they can pull, right? Well, immigration has certainly uh, helped, and Canada's had good immigration policy, but uh, I think we should expect that international markets, for, especially for skilled labor, are going to get a lot tighter now over the next 15 years because every country is going through aging. It's not just Canada. And it means that everyone's going to be looking for skilled labor. And also, uh, with rising wages in many countries, uh, there'll be less incentive for people to move because they rather stay at home. They're used to a certain culture. They have their family around. They're not just going to automatically uh, move unless, you know, there's some things going really wrong, like a like a war, <laughs> which, yeah. which sometimes leads people to move and, and you know, become refugees. Uh, and, and, uh, and so I don't think we should completely rely on immigration as, uh, as a way of dealing with it. Instead, I think the real solution is to encourage capital investment, because the, the good thing about, uh, the, you know, the tighter labor markets is that wages will go up. Uh, that's what every economic model uh, suggests. And uh, that's actually not a bad thing. And uh, companies can afford higher wages if they become more productive or have more success with their productivity. And I think that's really important. But brace for change, right? Uh, I mean, when the demographic changes this dramatically, it's going to have an impact on, on all of us, whether working or retiring. That's right. And I think we've our agenda is changing, and I think we have to get back to really thinking about encouraging innovation. And, and we have to remember that a lot of the things that we're going to be doing over the next decade uh, are going to hurt productivity, you know, such as, um, you know, cutting back trade because we're worried about, uh, you know, securing our domestic supply. Uh, we're going to be undertaking the energy transition that actually is going to be reducing productivity, not increasing it, because we're basically getting people to put you know, carbon into the ground or, or doing some other things in order to deal with climate change issues. But that's not going to be something that's going to grow GDP. Right. That's going yeah. to be a cost that we're going to have to bear. Yeah, exactly. I go the other way. Uh, Jack, uh, great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Okay, my pleasure. Thanks. That's Jack Mintz, who is President's Fellow of the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. And I think the interesting point is here, I mean, I don't know uh, what it's like for you, but, uh, you know, I've been in the workforce since, uh, let's call it, I don't know, 1990, okay? So 30 years, roughly. And uh, it's changed already, I think. There's a lot more people working longer, right? And some of it a necessity, some because they want to. Um, I think that arbitrary age of 65 that we set you know, many, 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 many years ago is certainly up for evaluation. And it is in a lot of other countries. And as Jack said, we did push it to 67 in this country. I think Japan has actually pushed it out to 70. Um, and it's just a simple factor of we're living longer and staying healthier longer into our old age than we used to be. So, uh, you know, having an added incentive to stay in the workforce a little bit longer, if you're able to, 
makes good sense, right? And then the other side of the equation that Jack was talking about, as he said, right, what are you going to do to try and get more people into the workforce? How do you do that? 